0: Hey guys, good to be with you. Cloud here on the New Vision Podcast, and got another guest in the office today. We got Barrett McCaffrey. What's up, Barrett? How's it going? Now, Barrett's not on staff, but what you you are the the chairman of the deacons. Did I say that right?
1: Deacon chairman.
0: Deacon chairman. I said it wrong. I keep saying it wrong. So deacon chairman, right? And deacon, uh, for most people don't know, it's a Greek word. It literally means servant. And so you you're on the team, guys that kind of make the the church come alive on, on Sundays and other days of the week is serving and helping. And many people will probably recognize you and not know it. But if you would, uh, give us a little bit more about what that means to be deacon chairman and, you know, what you do, how long you've been at New Vision, and then we'll talk about your story some.
1: Yeah. So we have, right now we have a just over a hundred active deacons here at New Vision, and so as chairman, some of our responsibilities just include uh, a lot of coordination, uh, sometimes a little bit of pastoral care within the deacon body itself. Uh, but it's just a, it's an awesome opportunity to just serve a body that is serving the body. Mm, that's awesome,
0: servant of servants. All right, let's let's move on to your story. This this mini series is called Race to Life. We're coming off of Easter in the Race to Life baptismal service. We've got this energy going in the church. People are getting saved. God's doing stuff, right? So the big takeaway this whole two weeks has been you you have a story if you're in Christ. Learn to tell it and tell it well. And so, Barry, I'd like to hear just a little bit about your story. When were you raised to life? When did you get saved?
1: Yeah, so I, was, I accepted Christ when I was about eight years old. I grew up in church. Uh, if, if, you, if you don't know my specific story, you can kind of get the full details. Uh, it's on my Facebook or just ask me in person, get the whole nitty gritty. But had a, had a different childhood than most people. Uh, kind of had some wild stories there, wild experiences there. Uh, kind of led into <clears throat> really me looking and seeking for that Abba Father. Mm. I was looking for a father in my life and ultimately led me to Christ. Uh, and so I'm a big fan of ABCs. I admitted that I was a sinner. Mm. I believe that Christ died for me, for my sins, and I confessed them to him and made him the Lord of my life at eight years old. Soon after, uh, I followed up with baptism. Okay. And then after that, really just continued to grow in Christ. And just I was just so excited. I mean, I shot off like a rocket. I was just excited to tell all my friends about it. Uh, But it it didn't necessarily stop there. So, you know, at eight years old, you're not necessarily exposed to a lot of things, a lot of temptations and sins that you would be later in life. And so a lot of that came naturally to me. And kind of what happened is I fell into this really terrible cycle of Mm -hmm. sins, sexual sin mainly in my life is what I struggled with the most.
0: Yeah, and I know a lot of guys listening – I know you can identify with Barrett. So.
1: Yeah, and, and Cloud's kind of put a little bit of handcuffs on me, so I, I can't tell <laughs> the life. full dirty details of everything that's going on. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm used to talking to nothing but dudes, and so this is a little different audience for me, so I'm having to try to clean it up a little bit. But if you're ever just curious and you want to know, you know, what's going on in my life, talk to me. I, I, I'll always share. I love to mm. share my story.
0: Thank you for that, man. It's, and it's, again, when we tell our testimonies, we don't have to go into graphic detail and go crazier. But – the depths of the human heart is full of darkness and sin and depravity and so how it expresses itself may look worse to some in some people's lives than others but at the end of the day we're all dead in our trespasses and so there's no need to like compare and whose testimony is more profound or anything like that so but thank you for sharing that that's that's hard
1: Yeah. And the the reason I do usually get into the details is because, you know, I struggled for so long with that cycle of shame and guilt Mm -hmm. with the sexual sin because nobody had ever shared a similar struggle with me. And so I really thought I was the only one, the first one who'd been through those sort of struggles as a Christian man, uh, and, and, you know, an adolescent, you know, and going into my preteen years and teen years, uh, just being exposed to like pornography and then going on to even, uh, sell pornography as a, as a high school student, it, it was, it was very confusing for me because on one hand, like I was, I was sharing the gospel with my friends, mm. but then turn right around and expose them to pornography yeah, and just struggling with that. And the, the convict, the constant conviction from the Holy spirit. Cause I was just grieving the Holy spirit
0: conflicted life. Yeah. The yeah. old man and the new man.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and you really can get trapped in that cycle of just shame, and it just pulls you back in. No matter how much conviction you feel as a Christian, uh, it can just suck you right back in. You know, Proverbs twenty six eleven says that when we continue making the same mistake over and over again, we're acting like animals who return to their vomit. It doesn't make sense. Shame keeps us in prison, robs us of all confidence, causes us to feel powerless, and convinces us that we will never be free. Mm. And that's how I felt Uh, really up until my early adulthood. You know, I got married to Mallory. uh, I was 21 years old. Actually, I think I wasn't even 21 yet. I was about to turn 21. And so there were a lot of things that I hadn't experienced in my life up until then. You know, I joined the military when I was 19 years old. And so just helped me expose me to even more opportunities to just get sucked into that cycle.
0: Yeah, that's a hard life.
1: Yeah, of of sexual sin, uh, alcohol, just things that I didn't need to be exposed to, didn't Mm -hmm. need to be succumbing to as a Christian. And trying to do my best, uh, and it had my priorities a little bit of out of order at the time, but trying to do my best to be a good husband and then eventually a good dad. uh, It kind of all came to a head at one point. I was, I think, 23 years old, maybe, 24. Uh, Cullen, our our oldest son, was about to turn one years old, and I was on a work trip and just doing the same old things over and over with the same old military buddies. And I was like, I I just can't do this anymore. Something Mm -hmm. has got to change. And I just felt so convicted. And I came home, and I I made the decision. I told God, I was like, I'm not doing this stuff anymore. Like, it is over. And— Mallory was actually helping me pack for my next trip, and she kept bringing my laptop because I'd always take my laptop. I needed it for work, and I, I said, "I'm not, I'm not taking it this time." And she kept arguing with me. And she's like trying to help me pack. She's always been really good about helping me with that stuff. I said, "No, I'll, I'll, I'll handle my work stuff on like the hotel computer down mm. the lobby." She's like, "Why?" She kept pushing and pushing. I thought, I thought she was gonna leave me if I told her what I was struggling mm. with. And I, and I did, I told her, I said, I'm struggling with stuff that I don't need to be looking at. It's been going on for a long time. Mm. And she just stopped and she said, well, how can I help
0: you? Man, that's
1: amazing. It was so powerful, man. And and for a while it was just like, it was me and her working together on that. We kind of needed that special time just to support each other. But just, man, it, it, again, I started getting, falling back into it, falling into the shame because I, I didn't have a group of people around me, a group of guys. Uh, we were we were in a church. And we were there every Sunday showing up. We were members. We were participating. We were even in a marriage small group, married mm-hmm. couple small group. Uh, but just, you know, nobody talked about that stuff openly. And so I thought, again, I thought I was the only one. And so I just kept going back to that shame. You know, shame is behavior focused, and conviction is identity focused. Guilt says I did something disgusting, while shame says I am disgusting.
0: Mm, that's a huge difference.
1: And that's something that I didn't get early on in my Christian walk is where my true identity lied. I knew where who my Lord and Savior was, but I didn't really catch on to the identity on who I was. And our know, identity is through Christ. When we focus only on our shame, we deny the truth about who God says we are. We tend to become hopeless and reject that idea that God could rescue us. And so, you know, I spent probably the next few years at that awesome church in Jacksonville, but really just not telling anybody except Mallory. We just struggled through it together. Mm. And so it wasn't until we left there, uh, we moved to Georgia and joined a really small church there and became just best friends with our senior pastor and executive pastor. And like they were my closest buddies and really my only friends in Georgia and it just it became, and still I was I was unable to come out and tell them about what I was struggling with and what I'd been struggling with my whole life, but it was really a time of healing for me because I got to see what it was like to hang out with Christian friends, mm. not just friends who are Christian, but guys who make it make Jesus the center and priority of their life. The life, not part of the yes. life. Yes. Yeah. And so. It was just an awesome uh, four or five years where I just got to grow and really be discipled in a lot of areas of my life by those guys. It wasn't until we moved here uh, to Tennessee and came to New vision where I was able to really just surrender that whole aspect of my life to Jesus and just be able to open up and tell other guys what I've been struggling with. Um, you know, Proverbs 28:13 says, "He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper." But he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. And that's exactly what I found mm, here compassion. at New Vision with the group of guys. And so that's kinda you know, I always pitch men's <laughs> groups. You know, if yeah. anybody knows me, you know them, you know, I'm very heavily involved in men's ministry. And it's because of my story. Mm. It's because of what Jesus has done for me and through me. Uh, and so really, you know, if you're someone who's struggling with secret sin. Know where your identity really lies. That's Christ. And get involved with a group of guys who believes and lives that out. Amen. Can't recommend that enough. You know, and then also on the on the flip side, you know, if you have done that and if you're open with other guys, you also have to, if you're in a group, you have to be the guy or the group of guys who's empathetic and willing to listen yeah. to that from complete strangers. Yep. And so. The supporting
0: side of it, too. Yeah.
1: And so you got to be a person who responds with empathy and understanding. Uh, this requires a love of complete strangers, like I said. And so I've actually got a story there. A close friend of mine here at New Vision asked me a couple of years ago, he's in sales, and he just asked me one day, he's like, how do you make people feel so special when you're talking to them? Wow, that's nice. And I, I took it as a compliment, I said, but I said, you know, I don't, it's not a tactic it's not something I'm just trying to do to make them feel special they are special to me when I'm talking to you when I'm talking to you and I run into you in church like the first thing I do is give you a big hug and it's because <laughs> I'm, it's not a it's not a showy thing it's, I'm not necessarily naturally a touchy feely person it's just that you know Jesus has put that into my heart to mm. love people and even complete strangers and when I see you I'm so excited to see you that's awesome man it's, it's just overflowing out of me. And I love you. Uh and so I got a kind of another story. So that's not the natural Barrett. The natural Barrett mm. used to be an introvert. The sin nature of me is very introverted. Like I said, I spent most of my life hiding my shame mm-hmm. and my sins. It wasn't until oh goodness. Uh six or seven years ago, maybe, eight years ago. Uh this is gonna sound ridiculous. I'm kind of a movie guy. Me and Mal. and Mallory are watching the uh, Jim Carrey movie, The Yes Man. I don't think I've seen that one. Yes. Okay. And it it couldn't have come at a better time in life because the whole premise of the movie is Jim Carrey is this introvert who has no friends and no relationships. Mm. And he starts looking at his life like, what is my life going to be like without people? And he's kind of convinced at the time by a friend. uh, Start saying yes to every single opportunity that somebody just randomly throws out to you. And at the end of this movie is this awesome story where he has all of these, you know, friends and close relationships. But at the time, before I saw this movie, I was starting to feel convicted because I'd kind of lost that zeal uh, to just love complete strangers if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I was more worried about the people close to me, uh, not really building new relationships and I'd lost like that, safeguarding. Yeah. And I'd lost that love that I had as a, a kid and a, a teenager to share the gospel with just complete strangers. Mm. And I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be this way. And only you can change me. And I swear that I watched the yes, man. And <laughs> That's I was like, funny. God used that. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna start saying yes to people when they invite me out to do things or ask me to hang out with them. Uh, and and over a period of time, God kind of changed my heart to where Mm. I do. I, I I just thrive on loving complete strangers. It's so enjoyable. It brings me so much joy.
0: Barrett, thank you so much for, I think one of the biggest things about your story when we talk about this is like you're raised to life. You were eight years old and then you got baptized, right? That you were raised to life. But a lot of times people they go to new vision you see us don't people like in the baptism They're like buried with christ in baptism raised to walk in newness of life so the raised to life life is a newness of life and i love how your story even though you got saved at eight years old you got baptized you showed that symbol of baptism then you struggled and you you, you shared that whole story with us and the the takeaway is like well why is a christian still sin? Because we're not necessarily always clinging on to the newness that we have in Christ, and so I know you've encouraged us, like the pitch for groups to get out of your shame and all that thing. What's a uh, what's something else? Maybe one last verse that you would use to encourage us?
1: Uh, I would say First John one nine. You know, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
0: Amen. Barrett, thank you so much for being here. I hope to have you back on, man. Thank you for all the stuff you do and hope you guys have enjoyed this and we'll see you guys on the next episode.